You're listening to One of One with Sloika, conversations with artists. If you're curious about creators, NFTs, and Web3, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Pam Voth. Let's go. World Photography Day is an annual event that focuses attention on the power of photography to build community. Across the globe, people organize events that bring people together to appreciate and elevate the art form and benefit the community. There's such an event happening in Bali, and today I'm talking with two guests, Stanley Arianto of Musehive and Ev Chabotarev, CEO and founder of Sloika, about Sloika World Photography Day, the event and exhibition being held at Superlative Gallery in Bali. Thank you both for being here. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. <laughs> good evening to you, Stanley, given that you're in Bali, and I think it's middle of the night nearly for you. Yeah, it's almost the morning, I guess. Yeah, 15 minutes <laughs> right. to morning. So <laughs> yeah, it still does apply. But it's good to right. be here. I'm excited to talk about this. You know, we're doing great things and I'm glad to have Sloika on board to support this amazing initiative and empower photographers all around the world. Excellent, excellent. And I know from a previous podcast episode that I recorded with you, Stanley, you're a night owl a bit, right? Because you like to do astrophotography and walk up mountainsides in the middle of the night. And I would invite everyone to kind of take a listen to that because that was some fun. Those are some fun stories. And Ev, I know you've got your hands busy with running Sloika. So thanks for taking time out to talk about how Sloika got involved with World Photography Day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Obviously, it's, it's a bit of a duty to be on this episode as well. But yeah, things with Sloika are going pretty strong. And when Stanley approached us, it was very nice to be involved because the way, you know, the, we'll, we'll probably talk a bit more about this in the episode, but the whole setup is very artist oriented. And when it's done this way, it's a lot easier to say yes. And so for us, it was like, well, I remember saying like, we're in, we just don't know which level of sponsorships we're in, but like we're in and please keep us in your thoughts because we will be part of this and so glad that we were able to make it as a title sponsor. And I think it's going to be a very positive thing for all the artists because there's some money allocated for the art as well, as well as for Indonesian artists. So we'll talk about this in, in you know, throughout this episode. Absolutely. So yeah, that gives us a, a perfect way for Stanley. Let's hand it over to you. Can you give us sort of an overall 30,000 foot view of what this uh, event is going to be? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the World Photography Day, I mean, we celebrate every single day. And this is the first time that I'm organizing a community event where everyone can join in and enjoy the fun. And the cool thing about photography is that everyone can enjoy it, right? Even the non-photographers, because it's a way or a medium of storytelling. Now, one of the cool thing about what we are doing here in Bali is that we will have a lot of you know, things happening. First of all, it will happen for the 16th and the 17th, which is focusing on the beauty of Indonesia, because on the 17th of August is Indonesian independence. And we will showcase beautiful photographs from Indonesian and people who have been to Indonesia to be able to connect the two together. And during that time, we'll have a few different competitions as well. And the cool thing about it is that we invited Grasa Foundation, who are 
focusing on supporting human rights. They are a human rights activist here in Indonesia, supporting human rights issue. And we will be contributing, you know, a big portion of it to them. And then on the 18th, that's when you guys come in, you know, we'll have a Sloika exhibition where we will do exhibition from the montage super rare curation that I will be curating, which is the pursuit of wonders, right? All of this once in a lifetime moments that photographers all around the world have captured and share to everyone else that may not have the chance, the opportunity or the time to be able to travel and experience this moment. And then we will finish off, you know, 19th being the International World Photography Day. We will have an exhibition, a community exhibition where it opens to every photographers all around the world. And we are inviting everyone to join in to submit their photographs so that we they can get a chance to get ex- uh, curated, exhibited, as well as collected. And wouldn't that be really cool? And of course, there's a few different things that's happening where we will showcase some of this art in a very busy shopping mall in Beijing in this 11 by 18 meter screen, if I'm not mistaken. I need to double check on that, but really nice massive screen where people are there for that particular hour to literally watch the screen. So I'm very excited about all that. Yeah, that's that's a lot to handle. And you just stepped up to do this, right? I know that you and your team at MuseHive just pulled off a really successful event at the, I think it was the end of May, it was NFT Bali. And you pulled, well, the whole month of May was NFT Bali, but then towards the last week of that month was NFT Bali Art Week. And Sloika, of course, was a community partner for that. So we got a chance firsthand to see how well you organize an event. Um, and that is a, that's a huge undertaking. So thank you very much for inviting Sloika in as to be able to participate. As I wanted to go back to you and ask, so in addition to being really artist focused, um, can you give us some of the other um, really interesting aspects of this World Photography a Day event that uh, merged really well with what Sloika is trying to do for artists out there? Well, I think one of the key things that we like to do is that it's the real life exhibit and i think we've done really good job if i may say so with the virtual exhibits with getting as many eyeballs and many collectors as possible on the art works globally in web3 but there is still you know to this day there's something special about having your work in the physical location and so whenever there's an opportunity presents to get this works out, I think we've proven ourselves that we are happy to jump on that opportunity. One thing that excites me a lot is that it's a giant, beautiful gallery. I was shocked seeing how beautiful and vast it is, at least in the photos, that it's 44 big, beautiful screens. And it's just Yeah, I think it's just an incredible opportunity. So it makes me want to go to Bali. So if there's an opportunity to go to Bali, I am in. I was checking flights. It's a little bit far and it's really hard to get for a short period of time. But I'm making that, I'm making a public promise that I'll get back to Bali. I've been there many times and will visit the gallery regardless of what exhibit is there and will, you know, pay my respects to the hard work that has been done. 
But yeah, what we are doing with this is that we're curating part uh, of the exhibit for the Slick World Photography Day. And that is done through the whole vast kind of like activations and opportunities that we presented to the artists. So it's done with the artists, photographers that are on Sloika, obviously. It is done through our efforts with the foundation worlds that we've launched. And as of today, we have six active worlds on foundation, and we've been working very closely with their team to get, again, as much exposure and visibility as possible to the artist. So we'll be picking some of those artworks, as well as the montage, the super rare space that we have, picking some artworks from there. So it's kind of like encapsulates that there are multiple opportunities for artists that are part of our Sloka community. And we just want to make sure that there is that these opportunities exist as we you know finish 2023 and getting 2024 is that we try not to forget our artists, even those who have minted or worked with us many, many months back. And we keep our, yeah, we keep everybody in mind when, when those opportunities happen. So I think that's important and we'll try to continue doing that as much as possible in the future. Yeah, we do have artists across several different platforms. That's it's Sloika Foundation uh, on Super Rare through our independent gallery montage. And we do work with multiple types of artists, but of course the focus here is on photography. And I don't, you know, with NFTs kind of coming into there being um, in the most recent years, and I know World Photography Day has been going on for a long, long time. I think it started back, you know, a long time ago in the 90s. But Ev, can you give a little bit of perspective about, you know, this emergence of NFTs and how that, how photographers can kind of look at those, look at, look at NFTs as a way to be part of the future renaissance, I would have to say. Yeah, the, the, there are specific kind of like timelines, you, you know, like back in the day when we uh, were well, still admiring all the traditional artists uh, like Picasso and many others, there are specific techniques that were evolving over time. And that's when you see like things like a blue period where there is the sort of like excessive use of blue paint, for example. And that comes with specific constraints that would happen in the market, the specific, you know, like whatever fashion, whatever is trendy for the artist and the world would be full of those kind of artworks. So NFTs are, in in my view, is part of that evolution. And basically it allows to create a a stronger provenance that exists pre-NFTs. So it allows to have a direct connection between the artist and collector. If you think of a traditional art store or gallery, if somebody walks in into gallery, buys the artwork and leaves, the artist may not know about this for six, 12 months or even ever because you know they would just get reports on sales uh, every few months. They might get their commissions. But it's a very long process and it's very removed so that the gallery owner has potentially has the connection with the collector, but not the artist. And so having this direct connection is very, very important in my view, because it allows you to, you know, figure out what's going on. What are the collectors thinking? Maybe have more pieces presented to those collectors. Maybe collectors uh, are assembling uh, an interesting collection of those. The other interesting part is that it programmatically allows for royalties to be sent back to the artist. And this is something 
that some nations uh, allow that as a part of uh, their law systems, but many do not allow that. So for a living artist, that means if the artwork is acquired for a small price and later resold multiple times, the artist is not benefiting from this. So NFTs represent a major shift where the artist gets paid as it works getting through the system of collectors, I guess, through the market. And if the artist, it's kind of like similar to what's happening with Hollywood Strike, where the artists want to benefit from success of the art or the work that they created. And I think it's fair. I think there has to be a system where others recognize that this is part of reality today, that it's hard to know what's going to you know, become viral, what's not. And so having a bit of programmatically a bit of benefit there is very, very important. And ultimately, blockchain has potential to live forever with a bit of an asterisk that there's technical limitations to that. And same for the decentralized storage. So if you think of Instagram, if it becomes unprofitable or untenable for Meta, they can close it down and all the images are gone. But with decentralized storage that is part of the infrastructure that NFTs are built on, that has potential to survive any kind of change and has potential to be there forever. And I think it's it's a major shift in thinking because everything else that we had before was commercialized by corporations and corporations would have decisions over the data that we have. And so reclaiming the data and having that back with the artists or collectors is super important. And it is kind of like the basics that we in the NFT community already embraced and internalized, but it is very new to so many people that are just getting into Web3. And so I think it's worth repeating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Stanley, I wanted to hear from you about how prevalent are NFTs in Bali? Like, is this something that a lot of people know about, or do you see this as a big opportunity for sort of knowledge growth, even with an event like this? Yeah, that's a good question. There are a lot of NFT happening here or a Web3 community here in Bali, right? Now, when I had the idea of doing an NFT Bali Art Week, when I proposed the idea to, you know, the organizer of NFT Bali, I realized that there is a lot of investor, there's a lot of, you know, people doing coding, founders and all that stuff, but there hasn't been as much artists or here in Bali, right? NFT artists. And one of the things that I realized is that even if there is an NFT artist, they are pretty much isolated and they don't really, you know, get showcased. So I think what we are doing here is something that's powerful, right? You know, as an artist myself, I realized how important to have an art that can be seen and respected and appreciate it by everyone else, right? That's literally why we do art. Of course, the sales kind of come as a bonus to be able to keep us, to be able to keep it going, to keep that passion going. And one thing that I realized is that being able to do this, it really helped uplift people, right? And give back to the community. One of the example that I can use is that PFB or Perhimpunan Photo Bali, which is a photography club here in Bali. They have asked me to explain to them about what is NFT. And, you know, I told them that you guys are happy to give the grants and so forth to be able to onboard them into the NFT because, you know, 
the gas price, I mean, it used to be 200, 400, and now kind of come down to, you know, 10% of that. But that is still a lot of money, right? I mean, we would pay, you know, we could pay a dollar to three dollars for a full meal here in Indonesia and even cheaper if, you know, now for them who like cook for themselves and so forth. So you can imagine how important those, those bits of money is, right? And for that reason, they are a little bit scared, right? Investing this large amount of money for them and not knowing what it looked like, not knowing how to navigate this space. So as someone who decided to become a mentor in photography, as well as you know helping other people to pursue their passion, I see that this is such a perfect way to be able to help local photographers to understand the next technology, right? So that I mean, if we look at NFT, it started well in the United States and then it kind of go down to Europe. But you could kind of see that there is still a little bit of imbalance, right? Where a lot of the things happening there and being able to do events like this here in you know Southeast Asia, especially in Indonesia, really open up people's eyes, right? Really open up the perspective that, hey, Actually, NFT is just like an art, right? It's no different and it's just the modality. And I think being able to do that is one thing that I'm very excited about because I'm able to invite the artists or photographers in you know, a place where I was born and um, be able to help them to get ahead of the curve in this digital renaissance. It's a noble cause and I think you're the right person to do it. <laughs> You have such a good energy about you. And I think you have a really good grasp on how to help people learn learn all of that. So yeah, we're noticing that, of course, NFTs are really the wave of the future in terms of photography and dig- other forms of digital art. We've talked about how they could really transform individual artists' lives, bringing in an extra, you know, um, some extra income, having the royalties be paid in perpetuity, you know, having the art be protected and stored on the decentralized blockchain. And these are really great benefits that the artists can appreciate. I was wanting to know about how you got the art for this exhibition. I know there's, there is a curation aspect of it. And Stanley, you have connections because of your involvement as a photographer and NFT artist and an organizer you have access to some really amazing photographers who are really OGs in this whole NFT space. I'd love to hear how you brought those folks on as curators and how you actually managed to get all the art for this exhibition. Because I think what Evan mentioned, there's 44 screens in Superlative Gallery. So that's a huge amount of screens for this art to be shown. So how are you getting the art there? Yeah, thanks a lot for asking that question. And um, I'm very excited to kind of, you know, when I when we first get into the Web3, the whole basis of why we love the web tree is this whole thing about community i know it get overused a lot in the space but for me i take that community as a, a sacred word right and i didn't understand the word community until i get into the nft or the web tree space so one of the ways that we do this exhibitions is that we want to bring different perspective right i mean what is art Art is something, a representation that evoke feelings. So this is where we'd like to invite different people from different perspective, as well as different communities to be able to curate 
from their own community or from their own circle, from their own perspective, right? And what that allows us to do is to be able to have a good, diverse art within the gallery. And one of the things that really excites me about NFT Bali Art Week that we did, you know, uh, back in May was that a lot of people who never been exhibited before actually get showcased there, right? So being able to focus on that art is absolutely important. And the way we look for the curators are we look for someone who are within the community and who love to uplift and support emerging artists, as well as, you know, the underrepresented and of course the established, right? So we have people like George Hammond, you know, he's an incredible person. He's such a grounded person. I've met him a few times here, you know, a really nice guy. John Knopf, I had the, you know, the pleasure to had a podcast with him. I had Leslie Spurlock, again, what an incredible human being. And if you are in the web tree, you see how supportive she is to other artists. And then we have Wim Van Kapellen, who is a co-founder of Obscura, who is who has been a supportive of many artists, not only in photography, through, you know, not only his own accord, but also the community. And then we also have Michael Siddhartha, who is a Canon ambassador, and I am curating the, the montage part of the Pursuit of Wonders, right? So all of these photographers are well-known in the space. They love the community. They love lifting up, you know, emerging artists, underrepresented artists, and they really respect the art of photography itself. And this is why I'm very excited to have all of this in here. And of course, have two of you, you know, curating the Sloika part of uh, the curation. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Ev, if you could kind of expound on the Sloika open call that we ran for this exhibition. Well, yeah, we've done so many open calls that we have to be like very specific about which one we're talking about. But we've done Sloika photography open call. We've done so many of those before related to our efforts to onboard people on foundation worlds uh, that we host and on Super Montage Gallery that we also host. And we want to kind of like go back to the basics. And with Sloika Photography Open Call, that was photography-centric, so it was photography only. And it's the first time we decided to add some cash prizes. So I think it's a nice thing for artists, obviously, to receive some cash or, you know, whatever payment method they would prefer. But basically, it comes with cash prizes for the top three slots. And more importantly is that in the past, we had open calls that would have some presentation in the IRL galleries that would be happening around the world. We held those in Times Square, in like one of the bigger buildings in Rome, in India, in other places. And we realized that it's very, very important to give people as much space as possible. So this time the winners are going to get their dedicated display. So there's not going to be multiple artworks in, in each display as it's normally done, but a dedicated display. So one artwork, one screen shown during the Slayer World Photography Day in Bali. So with this Kind of like what we are seeing is that for a lot of people, that what Stanley mentioned before, it's the first time exhibiting. 
I think it's a very important step because we try to make it as transparent as possible. So we use our partner tools to get those entries for the open call. And we would have, you know, something like 600 entries or 300 entries or five, like, you know, in, in the, in the hundreds and curating that down to, you know, top 20 or top 30, and then figuring out the top three is hard. And it's kind of like, oh, how do we do this? How do we give because the space is limited. That's, I guess, the nature of IRL galleries is that it's not really curating if you accept everyone <laughs> in a way and you want to make sure that it looks cohesive, that it looks great together. So it's a process of working through the theme to make sure that the theme is coherent, that the works are looking great together, that the artists are getting kind of like fair treatment as well. And so we try to make it transparent, but in the end of the day, a few of the artists are getting their dedicated display, they're getting to Bali, and they're getting some cash and some recognition along with that. So I think kind of like seeing the success of this and, you know, the winner is going to get announced next well, next week, by the time the episode is out, it's there probably will be already announced. But we'll do more of those open calls because we see how impactful it is to people that are part of that and who are shortlisted or winners of those open calls. Yeah, I think it is so important for artists to have, you know, to be building their CV, their resume of all the different places they were exhibited. And I think, you know, being able to, to list this as one of those uh, places is really is really great. Speaking of prizes, I know, Stanley, are there prizes involved from other sponsors as well? I think there might also be like some of your other sponsors who are supporting the sort of winners or the curated pieces that are exhibited, right? Yeah. So, you know, when we did NFT Bali Art Week, we kind of see that, okay, we were able to help artists and showcase their work and, you know, be able to get those artwork seen. And one of the things that's missing from there, especially now in the bear market, is having their artwork collected, right? I think as an artist, we love to create them. We want it to be seen, respected, and to be able to earn so that we can do more. So one of the things that we decided to do for this particular one is that we, you know, when we reach you guys and other sponsors is that we told them that we want those to go, you know, part of those money to go to operation, but also part of it to buy art, because I think this is the time for us to uplift the people in the space, right? At the hardest time. So I'm very excited about that. You know, I'm not quite sure how that's going to go. I think the uncertainty make it a little bit more exciting. So we have, you know, Sloika, of course, with the, the biggest, you know, you guys have zero point six ETH ready to collect art. And then we have two red tabs and Obscura as well as Dreamers and Musehive to be able to collect more of that with a total pool of one ETH. So that's a big sum of, you know, art that's going to be collected, which is fantastic. And for the local people, we are working with Canon Indonesia, for example, Sriwijaya camera, which is a local camera, right? Karma Kandara, which is one of the most exclusive and beautiful villa here in Indonesia and Sabah Bay Winery, right? So we work with them and we tell them that, look, you know, we want you guys to support us so that we can give back to the community. And, you know, we're, we're very grateful. And of course, you know, Superlative Gallery for providing their gallery and as well as Neil um, Gallery to help us showcase 
everyone that you guys will be curated, as well as the people who will be accepted to the Pursuit of Wonder Space Montage to be exhibited in a shopping mall in Beijing. So I'm very excited about that. I think it's going to be really cool to be able to see that. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm wondering, it's like, I should have been the one who submitted instead of, you know, organizing it because I'd love to be part of this as well. Me too. <laughs> I'm too busy helping all the other artists. I'm like, wait, I got to admit my work on, <laughs> get this out there. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that would be really exciting. And, you know, Sloika has been part of getting artists, you know, on the, getting their work on Times Square. And this place that you described and that we've seen photos of in Beijing almost seems like sort of indoor Times Square. It's like gigantic space. And I think it's going to be really cool. So do you have plans to sort of record what's happening with this exhibition so artists have a vision of it? Because not everyone, as Ev was saying, like, we can't all go to Bali and see it in person. But how will the artists get a chance to see the, the results of this whole event? Well, if you can't be there, I'm sorry, you guys missing out. Okay, I'm just kidding. So we recognize that and, you know, I've submitted art to, you know, NFT, NYC and, you know, a few others. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to hear, you know, what are some of the things that we can improve from, you know, what other people have done. And the first thing is that they want to make sure that their name is attached to the exhibition. And I know it's a no-brainer, but, you know, sometimes it's easy to kind of just um, forget things, small things like that. So we want to make sure that, you know, your name is there. You have the title of the artwork as well as a QR code that connects that particular artwork with either the platform that you minted it on or a way to contact you, right? So I think that is very important. Now, the next thing is that we recognize that you know, without all of the artists, none of this event is possible, right? So big thanks for everyone who have submitted, who have become part of it, right? And like if say, you know, I'm sorry that we cannot accept everyone um, because it is a limited space. And one of the things that we want to be able to give back is to be able to uh, document every single art that is exhibited in the gallery, right? So during NFT Bali Art Week, we have four different exhibitions and I think it was rotating. It was different on each, but you know, it was it was a good 500 art from 7,000 or 8,000 submissions, right? So there was a lot of art to be shown and we documented every single one of them. It is sitting on a drive and we shared that link to all of the artists. So by the way, for the artists who's in NFT Bali Art Week who, never, who haven't got that yet, let me know, but I did send out an email, so it may be on your spam. But yeah, that's our, those are one of the things that we want to make sure that we are doing. And we'll also do a documentation throughout the event so that they can see how beautiful the event is. And, you know, they can use that as part of their materials when they use that as a bragging right or credibility and so forth. Yeah, bragging rights, social media posts, all those really fun. There's so much excitement and energy that goes into an event like this with, you know, the artists being so excited to be selected and that helps boost their, you know, what they're saying on social media and getting, you know, people excited for them. As you were saying, you know, Web3 is such a kind community. You know, people like to bring each other along with them rather than try to like scramble to the top or something. It's more of a 
try to include everybody, try to build community and realize that we can all help bring each other up and elevate each other. So that's all really exciting. And of course, Stanley, you mentioned just briefly at the top of the episode that that there's going to be an actual charitable organization that will be a beneficiary of you know, donations and of some of this activity. So that's all really good. And it, do you want to give just a quick blurb about that organization and what work they do and how they will be benefiting from this Sloika World Photography Day? Yeah, 100%. You know, I didn't always like traveling and I started traveling very late in my life. And it was only to, through travel that I can start appreciating the things that are in my, you know, home country, hometown, etc. So one of the things that I realized here in locally that's happening in Indonesia, there's a lot of issue like everywhere else in the world, right? But one of the things that is important here is the human rights empowerment, right? Through foundation like Grasa Foundation. And we are looking to support them because there are so many you know, if you look at a developing country versus, you know, the, the places like a developed country in Europe, US and so forth, where everything a lot more regulated, where there are a lot more support in here, you know, depression, people don't even understand that, right? There is not even like a, a support system or a recognition. People just go like, ah, come on, you're just being weak, right? So and that kind of transpired to everything else. There, there's a lot of suppression in the culture. So I find it it's very important to be able to always give back to the local community and be able to, you know, support the people who are in the community. Because at the end of the day, you know, as human, we are here to help and uplift each other. Just like in the Web3 space, we cannot live without or succeed without one or another. So you give one to the other, it will come back to you one way or another. And if you keep doing that, I believe that is one of the best way to make this world a better place. So yeah, I'm very excited that we will do a big contribution to them. We will help them to raise funds. And for those of you who want to donate, it's an open donation. You can go to musehive.art and you can submit, you know, whatever, you know, cents or dollars that you want to put in there and it will go a long way. That's really cool. That's, and that's, of course, part of the spirit of World Photography Day events that are being held around the world. You know, there's this appreciation of photography, which, of course, as you were saying, brings us all together. It's something that everyone can participate in, whether they're taking photographs, whether they're just appreciating fine art photographs. Um, and just appreciating how it documents our world and it brings us all together. And then to have this overflow of, you know, actual really on the grounds, uh, on the ground, boots on the ground type of support for organizations doing real important work as uh, just a gravy on top of all of that. So before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you as if there's, do you have a vision for like the main impact that you would like to have, the lasting impact that you would like to have as part of this like a World Photography Day? Well, yeah, I guess as Stanley mentioned in his comments is that Indonesia, apart from being a very beautiful and fast-growing country, the people, the artists, the photographers there need a little bit of a nudge and a little bit of help. And so we've been talking about something to help the local photo community. And what we are going to do is that, as Stanley mentioned, you know, you can have a very nice 
tasty meal of like nasi goreng or something like that for like a dollar or two in the street stalls. And it's very tasty and, and nice. And I have great memories of that. But realizing that it costs, you know, 20 meals to put a photo on a blockchain is, it's just hard. And so what we wanted to do is we want to get enough photographers from Indonesia to get a taste of Web3 and basically help them get their art seen and exhibited and collected by people in you know North America or Europe. And so we haven't talked specifics, but I think we can, you know, on our side, on Sloga side, support 10 artists and maybe we can extend it further to basically cover their minting fees to make sure that their art can be on the platform, on the blockchain and help them get as much visibility as possible so that when people collect it, when people want to support their journey, that money will go much, much further than if somebody, you know, I have my NFTs, but if somebody buys my NFTs, I can have a nice lunch because <laughs> lunches here in Toronto are more expensive, but it can literally change a, a life of a family in Indonesia I think it's very important because, you know, they're very talented, very artistic people. And so getting supported them is important. And it's also a little bit easier. So when I was in Bali, I cannot carry all the gifts and all the souvenirs that I want to buy because they get very heavy. So actually buying NFTs is a beautiful and ecological and economical way to travel and to collect from the locals. So I, I wish more artisans and artists did that. And I think we can help influence that movement that you can, you know, bring back NFTs and actually change lives without having to carry uh, <laughs> heavy souvenirs that are also very beautiful. But, you know, with a backpack, it's just very hard. I'm the world's worst backpacker. I just keep putting them in there. <laughs> I can't carry it. Yeah, go ahead, Stanley. One thing that I want to add as well is that, you know, for places like Indonesia, I know there's a lot of, you know, also countries who have a rich culture, right? Indonesia have something like 300 plus different, you know, culture, different sort of what they call it, traditions, right? And this sort of, this is where I think in NFT, it's so powerful to be able to preserve a lot of that culture in the blockchain because uh, like if said earlier that this will definitely outlive us, right? And this culture with the Americanization as well as the modern culture coming in is slowly deteriorating, right? So being able to, see that in the blockchain and preserve that, I think it's one of the everlasting impact that we will be able to do apart from helping artists to, you know, to help them to live a life or, you know, have these life-changing moments as well. So I think that's what's really exciting for me for introducing this NFT to Indonesia especially. Well, I think that's a really great note to wrap all of this up on. And I want to thank both of you for being here. I'm really excited about this Loika World Photography Day event in Bali. Stanley, thank you for inviting us in <laughs> to be part of that. I'm really excited about all the, the changes that we can be part of. And Ev, thank you very much for being here. And let's go get it. This sounds like a really great event. I hope everyone has a chance to either attend it in person or check the uh, follow-up, the photos and the videos that come out from the event. And thank you all very much.
Yeah, thank you very much for having me and I'll see you guys in Bali. Likewise, and let's go collect some art. All right, sounds good.